I used to be the world's worst sleeper. It would seriously take me on average between two and four hours from the moment my head hit the pillow and the moment I finally would fall asleep. I really didn't want to get addicted to sleeping pills or benzos uh, to help me out. And I definitely couldn't follow all those sleep guru suggestions to just go to bed and wake up at the same time every day because, you know, life. But after a ton of research and experimentation, I was able to develop a series of my own drug-free techniques that finally cured my insomnia on most nights and changed my life. And they're very different from the usual insomnia advice that you might get elsewhere. I'm Andrew with Brainscape, a mobile education platform obsessed with all aspects of optimizing human performance, including sleep. As someone who constantly reads and writes about brain hacks, I've seen every sleeping trick in the book, from drinking warm milk, to counting sheep, to getting exercise during the day, duh, to turning down the lights, starting an hour before bed, all those things. And while some of them may work for normal people, you and I, we're not normal people. Our brains don't just shut off as easily as some other people's brains do. We need to dig down to the root of what's going on upstairs so that even if we don't get much sleep tonight, we'll still be in the right positive mindset to achieve top performance tomorrow. For example, my first tip is to just forgive your insomnia. That's probably not what you wanted to hear when you're furious at your inability to sleep but you'll never be able to sleep well if you're not at peace with your sleeplessness. You need to know that it's totally okay if you don't even sleep a single wink tonight. Plenty of people get by on hardly any sleep, and even though it's bad for them in the long run, you too can completely crush it in life tomorrow without much sleep today. You'd be surprised at how well you're able to perform when the stakes are high. Just reflect on a time in the past that you pulled through a big accomplishment while you were tired, and you'll feel confident that you could do it again if necessary. Forget that evil force that is trying to keep you awake tonight because sleeplessness can't bring you down. Once you've forgiven your insomnia, the second strategy is to go even further and straight up love it. I'm serious. Instead of being angry at your inability to sleep, realize that the universe has given you this wonderful gift of quiet reflection time. While all the other suckers fell asleep too soon, you have this comparative advantage in life. Maybe you could use this sleepless time to reflect on the day you just had, mentally walking through every moment since you woke up yesterday morning and making sure that you didn't leave any important task or conversation unfinished. Or maybe you use that reflection time to think about something that you're in the process of learning, like you're learning an instrument or a foreign language or, or a test and you're, and you're practicing uh, for it in your head. You can even pretend that you're teaching it to someone else, which is a proven tactic that we've discussed elsewhere to really help solidify learning, whether it's, again, uh, an instrument, a language, or a complex subject. Whatever it is, giving your brain the chance to finish processing its unfinished business about the day behind you or the day in front of you 
could be just as great for your life as getting eight hours of perfect sleep every night. It's just a different kind of great. And paradoxically, truly realizing this will actually bring you the mental peace that will help you fall asleep faster in the first place. Still, there might come a point where you aren't accomplishing anything new with your constant repeating ruminations. So if you get to that point, it might be time to proceed to tip number three, which is to offload your thoughts. Sometimes the reason that your brain won't shut up about something is that you're subconsciously afraid that if you don't deal with the whole issue right now, it's going to just eat you alive. Or maybe that you might forget about the brilliant ideas that you're currently coming up with. So your brain needs to keep, you know, regurgitating them and keeping you awake. If this is the case, get out of bed, grab a pen and paper and just start writing. Maybe you just figured out your, your outline for the term paper that you need to write tomorrow. Write the outline. Maybe you need to make a to-do list of all the things you need to get done before your big road trip this weekend. Write the to-do list. Maybe you need to make a list of all the things that you're grateful for rather than the things that you're anxious about. Maybe you need to write down all the points that you wanna make in that difficult conversation that you need to have with someone tomorrow. Whatever it is, Giving yourself the security that your thoughts are now permanently documented somewhere will give your brain the peace and permission that it needs to finally shut itself down for the night. Or at least we can hope. Because sometimes those thoughts running through your mind are so persistent, even after writing them down, that the only way to make them go away is to replace them with material that is more boring and less urgent by advancing to DEFCON 4, which is reading some nonfiction. I say nonfiction because it's the perfect balance between being interesting enough to get your mind off of whatever was keeping you awake, but not as gripping as great fiction books that might have constant cliffhangers that compel you to keep reading and keep you up all night, which was the, <laughs> the thing that we're trying to avoid. Um, I often find that with, with the right nonfiction, I could barely get through 10 minutes of reading um, when uh, I, I'm reading before I go to sleep. And even if it doesn't put me to sleep for an hour or two, well, I still get the benefit of having read for an hour or two. I learned some interesting topic that's going to add some value to my life. Win-win. Just be sure that we're talking about nonfiction again and not a newspaper or magazine or social media headlines because the, the frequent random variation of subject matter, if you're just you know using a, a magazine, can actually jolt our brains back to alertness, which is the opposite of our bedtime goal. We're talking about long form deep dives into one topic like professor lectures used to put you to sleep, but in this case, it's a nonfiction book. Also, be sure you're not reading these books on your phone or your iPad before bed, uh, because that blue light will actually trick your brain into thinking that it's daytime. If you do prefer digital, uh, I myself am a huge proponent of the, the Kindle, the Kindle Paperwhite. Uh, it's just like reading flat ink on a page, except you don't need a lamp. Uh, and uh, you can even dim the backlight to be as faint as possible to help you drift off to sleep. Seriously, Kindle is the best thing since sliced bread with Nutella on it. If all of this still isn't 
knocking you out, then you might want to sprinkle in the most effective tactic of all, which is the old four, seven, eight breathing technique used by warriors, ninjas, and Zen masters. As James Nestor points out in his book, Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art, which you should read on your Kindle, just as the standard four seconds in, four seconds out breath can give you energy, a longer breath with a long pause in the middle can actually calm your energy to put you to sleep. To do the four, seven, eight breathing technique, just breathe in from the abdomen as deeply as you can with four seconds. Hold your breath for seven seconds. That's the key thing. And then swiftly breathe out at whatever pace will take you about eight seconds to get rid of the air. The best part about this technique is that it can be combined with all the other mental practices I described earlier, right? You could do those breaths while you're translating songs into your Spanish and in, in, into your head uh, or writing your packing list for your trip or even, even while reading your boring nonfiction book about how salt shaped world history, which actually is a super interesting book. I swear, whenever I've committed myself to doing the four, eight, seven breaths for even just five minutes while lying in bed, I can rarely remember a few minutes after that exercise because I'm long gone by then. And this is coming from someone who used to have at least three or four completely sleepless nights every month. Bottom line from my experience is that the secret to getting good sleep isn't just about doing everything right the day that is leading up to, to sleep, like exercise and, and uh, eating right and all that, cutting out caffeine, blah, 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 because sometimes we're going to screw those things up. The thing that we do have the most control over at bedtime is our actual brain and our mental processes. And the exercises that I've described here can be done inside our head for free and without taking any extra time or effort out of our day, not to mention perhaps accomplishing some personal growth or learning in the process. If you like the advice here, please be sure to subscribe to this channel. Check out the Brainscape Academy for more tips on habits, productivity, and learning. And of course, be sure to keep studying your intelligent flashcards in the Brainscape app, which will help you learn anything twice as fast and remember it for longer than you could possibly imagine. Armed with all the tools and advice that Brainscape can provide you, you should be able to rise to any challenge.